Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that knows everyone deserves to go a little mad sometimes my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and speaking of going mad we're going mad 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 for the for the sixth time as we descend into the mouth of march madness and we kick things off with our 2022 selection episode. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you've played piano with Michael Moriarty, you can listen into our show. <laughs> Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your basket hole. And if you are out basking on social media, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, and it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and selection shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, March 4th, if you would like your selection shenanigans taken care of indoors or virtually, head on over to screenland.com where our latest Friday Night Fright mm-hmm. on March 4th mm-hmm. is a film that is going to be mentioned, I should say, into the mouth of March Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beauty of what we're doing on Friday Night Frights for the month of March, everything that we're screening is going to be either competing or amongst the honorable, honorable mentions, mentions. Mm-hmm. Yes, of this year's tournament. And on that Friday, this is one actually that popped up on the I've Seen That Challenge uh-huh. over on Patreon, where I watch a film for the first time and react to it. This is going to be my first time. I th- I think... I think I'm not sure. You've said you've maybe seen bits and pieces. I either maybe seen bits or pieces, or I saw it on like one of those blockbuster marathon weekends towards the middle movie where you're just like, I don't even fucking remember What's seeing this, you know. So I I don't know, but I'm looking forward to this because I heard this one is not only one of the better one of the sequels, but the sheer amount of bug fuckery. Yes, and I blind bought Amityville. It's about time. Uh, blind bought it through vinegar syndrome. Uh huh. Well, there you go. And that she said occasionally, that could be a crapshoot. Right. But, but you man, know what you're getting into. Dude, I rolled sevens with this one. Because nice. Because as I was watching it, I was kind of thinking, this would probably play well in a theater. But it never actually got to play in the theater. It was actually straight to video. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a rarity. So on that Friday, on the 4th, the day this is released, please come on out for Amityville. It's about time. But looking forward to next week on the 11th, uh, a, fil- a film that is actually, comp- uh, I should say, a film that came out in the year of 2002, mm-hmm. whether or not it's competing, we shall see. But needless to say, it's going to be a first time viewing for me. Uh, we're going to be looking at Lucky McKee's May. I think you'll dig it. I think you'll dig it. A24's Frankenstein. I'm looking, very much looking forward yeah, to that. I like it. So, like of course, you can keep up to date on all those shenanigans at Screenland.com. But more importantly, over on the social media we were talking about, you got to be there because that is where we are displaying the bracket. And how are you going to play along if you don't have the proper bracket tools? 
And this, at this point, genius, this is, again, the sixth year yes. of Into the Mouth of March Madness. Yes. And so for those of you who are joining us for the... <laughs> For those of you who are joining us for the first time, what we do is we celebrate movies that are having milestones in uh, 10 year intervals. Yep. So we're going back to 1982 and then we're getting eight movies and putting them against each other. And we have our own criteria that we're oh, going to yeah. do. And we got to show our work. And if you're playing along, show your work too. But we're going to whittle it down to see who's the best two from that year and then so forth and so forth. So we got it down to 82, 92, 2002, and 2012. We basically take a look at the last 40 years mm-hmm. of films that we're still talking about. You know, it's all about these uh, movies with legs. Yeah. Because so much emphasis is usually put upon like a weekend performance in terms of if a film did well. Right. Like, for example, like ex- look at one of the ones, well, look at the majority of the our majority. ones, especially in 82, that were box office failures. But yet here we are 40 years talking about them, celebrating them, championing yep. them, you know, and even the ones that are like we're doing on this one, not only our selection episodes, but our honorable mentions. I mean, these are all ones that like deserve to be talked about. And looking back at the years that we will be looking at at this point, um, we've got some bangers in this. Yes. But all six, timers in these. But six years we've been doing this at this point, going all the way back to 2017, where uh, the very first winner of Into the Mouth of March Madness was A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Dream Warriors! And what's really funny, though, is if you go back and you listen to those episodes initially, we called it Into the Mouth of March Madness. But I think but it we, went into May. Oh my goodness, we had no idea what we were doing at that point. Right. I'd like to think that through the years at this point, we've developed more of a system, preparedness that mm-hmm. everything will be releasing in the month of March. But then in 2018, a little film from 1978 called Halloween went all the way and won that tournament. Then in 2019, in space, no one can hear you. As Alien took the crown that year. Then in 2020, uh, <laughs> navel oranges were never seen the same. Uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> and then the last year's winner from 1981, An American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a trend of the winners of the tournament being from either the 1980s, the 1970s. The ones that are older right but also one of the cool things about this is seeing movies for the first time oh how many amazing first time viewing experiences we had all the way back to the very first tournament with martin martin ones that like stay in the dna of the episode we also have like the eaten alive scare we have like all sorts of like first timers that have been wild and wonderful that like we're like holy shit these are great movies why haven't and we're seeing now, I'm not saying like we're like proceeding into the future, but have you noticed like ones that were like, holy shit, this is great. Why aren't more people talking about it? Like a year or two later, we're seeing a Blu-ray release or, or, or something along those lines. What's really weird is the energies that, because there's a plethora of podcasts that talk mm-hmm. about some of these films, but I think because of that collective energy, they it are wills listening. it into yeah. existence. Um, and that is true fandom. That is. is like it's, the great thing about horror. No matter what your flavor is, oh, no yeah. matter what you think you've seen or or ah, I've seen everything, ain't nothing can surprise me anymore. You get these wonderful like shocks and surprises and things that deserve to be talked about. And speaking of shocks and shocks and surprises and things that should be talking about, probably the hardest thing 
Ooh, whittling it down. Is because Ooh. if you think about when you look at the amount of movies that are released each year, you know, narrowing it down to eight films, it's kind of an insult to a number of films out right. there. And it's not to say that no none of those movies that are we're going to talk about honorable mention are worthy. Oh, of no. But also going in, the, there's only so many spaces that you can fill in. And we also have a different criteria. There's so many ones that movies that like, as you're going to find out, should be on the bracket. But then how could we put them together? Because it's not like we're watching like basketball where you can see the outcome. There's no way to put two movies to actually fight. And it's specific because here in the very first round of Into the Mouth of March Madness, we actually have two bits of criteria that we look at when it comes to seeing which of the two films would be advancing into the next round. Uh, we like to think holistically. Mm-hmm. So we think with both the heart and to the head. So the first bit that we'll always ask is, which of the two films is closer to your heart? Closer to the heart. Yeah. Not bad. And then the second we go from the heart to the head, we have uh, each of the films are paired by a topic mm-hmm. in their bracket. And so we have to think logically. And as Genius said, we try to show our work. Right. We want to make sure that we're not just like, mm, this movie is better because I like it. And 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 the great thing about showing your work and thinking critically about it on both ends, the we've had some upsets oh. in the past. We've had ones that we're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a no-brainer. That's going on to the final. Getting knocked out in the first round. Our very first tournament. Evil Dead 2 went out in the very first round. And yeah. that's also not to suggest that if a film makes it into the next round, that it's necessarily a better film. But based on the criteria that we put forth, mm-hmm. that just happens to be the one that will advance. And it also depends on the time of day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, and also, like, you know, there's been times where you, I think that year Halloween one, we saw it like a dozen times that year. And so, like, if you would have asked us later on. Yeah. Halloween, yeah, 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 it's good. It's all right. And that's when you'd have to do the doodly-doo. Right. What the hell? (laughs) But that's part of the madness. Mm -hmm. So, again, uh, go ahead. And it's not just us. Oh. Later on during the bracket, we're going to have a bevy of people. Once we get into the the, the next rounds, and as basically the way this is work is um, we are going to be releasing two episodes a week at this point in the month of March. Mm -hmm. On Mondays, you will have the first round episode, and that's the one where it's just genius and myself. Yeah. Then on Fridays, when we get into the rounds of the Scream 16 and Hateful Eight, we bring in other artists, podcasters, fans of horror movies. Right. And that's when the debate continues and expands. And that's the true fun, I think. Yeah. Really happens that way. It is a freaking blast. But uh, please, again, make sure you are uh, sending in your uh, completed brackets. Show your work. And for the selection episode, we're going to go ahead and we're going to preview... The films that we're going to be talking about here in the month of March, but also more importantly, we're going to give some love mm-hmm. to the movies that didn't make the brackets yep. and the tournament itself. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start at the beginning. We're going to go back to the year of 1982, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy because to me, this doesn't seem that long ago. No, it doesn't. In 1982 is 20 years ago. <laughs> no. You know, no, it's sadly it's, it's not. It's but 40 years ago. There's some days it feels like it's fucking 60 years ago. Oh, good Lord. But <laughs> I will say, though, in the year of 1982, many will argue that that might be the it's one of the all time great years for genre cinema. Mm-hmm. So we're talking horror, sci fi, action, fantasy. And right off the bat, 1982 houses 
the release of one Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yeah. Which I know is one. Oh, yeah. We legitimately... You remember our very first um, hosting gig? It was Conan the Barbarian. Damn right it was. 35 millimeter. Fucking Tulsa Dune knows how to party. What was really funny, though, if you remember, right, we had already bought tickets for it because we were just going to attend it. Right. And they're like, hey, you guys want to host it? Sure. Yeah, what, sure. Are, what are we going to do? Yeah. Hey, there's a print we got you give away. Okay, cool. cool. We can do that. You got a trivia question? Sure. What, well, yeah. And then yeah, we, we can do it. You remember also our first hosting bit like went on for 15 minutes. It did. I taped it because I was going to put content, right? Right. Looking back, I'm like, oh my God, we are full of ourselves because we just keep... Exp- now, be now, people- now, we're, now we're at tight five. Yes. But I'm sure there was someone in the audience going, dude, wrap it up. Be, These fucking guys. God, fucking guys. But 1982, again, a great genre year, but a great year in horror. Mm-hmm. And technically... You would have to walk through a beaded curtain to get to our first matchup and our first bracket topic. Battle of 42nd Street. And we're taking a look at two films that are embracing good old-fashioned... Dirty New York. 1982 New York in 42nd Street, where if you would have shown 1982 Greg that, he would have freaked out. Even as like a six-year-old kid, Street Toughs Mm would have freaked me out. But now, 45-year-old Greg also would have been freaked, freaked out. out. Meanwhile, so, I'm over there max catting in it, just going from one theater to the other like Beetlejuice. <laughs> so we had to pick carefully two films that represented the dirtiness and grunginess of 42nd Street. And we have Larry Cohen's Q, mm-hmm. i.e. Quetzalcoatl, the winged serpent, going up against... Henry, uh, Frank Henenlotter's basket case. Mm. <laughs> What's in the basket? Something dirty, my friend. Yes. I'm really looking forward to this. I had recently watched um, Basket Case as a Friday Night Fright, and we did Q last year on the main feed as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm For re- Kai June. Yes, and I'm so looking forward to going back to 42nd Street with both, both of those films as uh, we're just going to get dirty. Oh, yeah. You're gonna it's have to 42nd probably, Street. You're gonna have to take a shower. It's 42nd Street after that one. Yeah. But uh, our second matchup in 1982 and space horror mm-hmm. obviously has a good legacy in the mouth of March Madness. Again, in uh, 2019, Alien went all the way. Right. And we love space horror. Absolutely. So our next bracket topic is it came from outer space. And the two films that we're going to be looking at going head-to-head here, <laughs> and it's really funny because we mentioned this, again, we, we usually adva- record a lot of these in advance, we're 300-some-odd episodes in. We've done an episode on one of these films <laughs> and haven't touched the other. No. We'll let you guess which one. Because we're talking- You might be surprised. Yeah, we're talking John Carpenter's The Thing going up, up, uh, going up against Henry uh, Harry Bromley Davenport's Extra. <laughs> and don't forget, in 1982, we also got E.T. Right. You'll never forget Extra. No, no, no. There's a number of things that you will never forget in the year of 1982. And I'm kind of curious to see how both of those play, because uh, we recently here had a pretty... We've had a couple of larger snowstorms mm-hmm. that have played here in the Kansas City area. Perfect time for the thing. Always a good time for that. Now... In the 1980s, amongst other things, we got a number of sequels. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's when the franchises really started exploding, and you would get a sequel every year. 
And sequels are no stranger to the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, as we have talked a number of those oh, yeah. throughout the year. But there is something about when a franchise gets to its third entry. You know, at that point... Something's got to give. Something's got to change. What's going to happen? Is it, it going to stay the course? Is something new going to be added? It, What's it, gonna, it could go a number all, of ways. All bets are off with the number three. But three... Three is a magic number. Yeah, it is. And that is our practice topic. Three is the magic number. And we have... Uh, prepare yourself. Friday the 13th, part three. Fuck Shelly. As directed by Steve Miner. <laughs> And Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, as directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. That's right, kids. It's time. We're going to talk about Halloween 3. Bring your masks. You too, Jason. It's really funny. when You you go nice and low for your Tommy Lee Wallace, so the only reason I saw that Biscuit had once again stepped on the wire was it was registering at zero, and I'm like, man, he's really gone deep for this one. That's not registering at all. Should be noted to see how the sausage is made. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it. We're talking to you, Biscuit. <laughs> no, we are looking at two films that are definitely beloved by the... Divisive. Yes. I'm anxious to revisit both of these, but I should say, you know, we have done a commentary for Halloween 3, mm-hmm. so I'm not saying whether we've got some bias with that. I'm just laying it out there as we like to. We don't want any quiz show S scandals. Exactly. We're going to... We always show our work. Rest, rest assured. And then our final topic, bracket topic here in the year of 1982. Um, one thing that we appreciate having now had the opportunity to see how the sausage is made with, with movies mm-hmm. is to know how it's all about collaboration. You know, it's not just one person that makes a movie. It's, it's a whole crew of people. Exactly. It's a lot of collaboration. And our bracket topic for our final matchup in the year of 1982 is... Killer Collaboration, and we've got two films that definitely have a legacy of collaboration. Again, we'll get into those, but we are looking at uh, Tobey Hooper's Poltergeist going up against George A. Romero's Creepshow. Ooh, I can't wait. Anytime we get to talk about those movies, I'm down. Because one, you got Creepshow, and two, you got Zelda Rubenstein. (laughs) And I'm not saying that Screen of Anguish has enhanced anything that Zelda Rubenstein now does. But it has. It truly has. has. Uh, And these are definitely both beloved by a number of people. And this is probably the one of the better matchups, I think, in our first round. And I don't know whoever wins on this one. That's rough. Yeah, that's rough. Whoever wins, we all win. (laughs) That's the attitude to take. I like that. Now, going from the year of 1982 to the year of 1992. Do you want to do 82 honorable mentions? Absolutely. I'm jumping the gun here. Six, Six of these in, man. You'd think... I would be regimented. No, it's fine. It's the madness. It is. The madness is already Because started. some people are mad out there right now going, hey. Hey, what about this movie? What about that movie? And here, listen to this. That's my page my, my page turning because we have a list here. Yeah, we, we, we have lists. Now, I want to start off with the one that I had initially had penciled in mm-hmm. to actually go up against Friday the 13th. And the bracket topic would have been who wore it better. But uh, Jack Shoulders Alone in the Dark. Yes. Why am I not in madness? Remember, Michael, you're my number one guy. <laughs> we would have had. We would have lost the opportunities to talk the sick fucks. Mm-hmm. Chop chop. 
Chop, chop up, up your mother. mother. Chop, chop, chop. Definitely one. Just lo- with Walter Matthau's eyebrows going amok, just oh, turning into butterflies as the movie progressed. Walter Ma- Walter Matthau? No, not Walter Matthau. Martin Landau. There it is. And then also, who shows up? Smoking pot. Me. Donald Pleasance. It just received. I puffed it six times. Oh, Christ. I passed it six times. <laughs> But it actually just got a boutique Blu-ray release, so it is starting to, th- I think, get a little bit more love. Yeah, the uh, what's sick books are rad. Oh, Alone in the Dark is rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what could have gone up in the Battle of 42nd Street? I'm surprised. There's, if, because this movie's not in there, there's people out there calling us bastards. Bastards! Bastards! Fucking pieces. There's people going, you should have put pieces in there. Now I'll get you and Popeye. Pieces is great. It's exactly what you think it is. Fucking and and it's not. It's so much more. And if you so think, much more, I love pieces. And we actually did that as a commentary track over on Patreon. Right. So we love pieces. Pieces is great. And like it pains said, us not to have pieces in exactly. there. Exactly. So not like saying sometimes we have buyer's remorse or regret, but there's been times where we're like, man, that should have gone up there too. But at the same time, hey, we already put it again, it's about the it's the bracket. We put yep. a lot we put a lot of thought into these movies and yeah, it does break our heart cuz it's like, man, fuck. Well, uh, so uh, that pieces is one of them. Uh, I've got Amityville 2 on uh, my list. Yeah. Featuring a very sweaty Burt Young performance. Oh, I got Silent Rage. Sight Cy- Silent Rage. Basically, Chuck Norris versus Michael Myers. You cannot. Fucking great. He fucking roundhouse kicks him under a fear. <sighs> Magical. It's got Flounder from Animal House in it. That's, yeah. Ugh. Silent Rage is the shit. It's glorious. Uh, 1982, a little Canadian horror, uh, Visiting Hours. Ooh, with Ironside. Ironside in the gimp outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's not a gimp outfit. It's he's more of a leather a, daddy outfit. But... A leather daddy. You mean leather daddy? <laughs> uh, we have... Um, have you ever seen the Go Go Girls or Girls Night Out, aka the Scare Maker, mm-hmm. the one with the teddy bear the and teddy the teddy bear? Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I have it. It's it's funny. It's weird. It's it's not as cool as the, all the cool artwork makes it out to be. Because I've seen the Arrow Blu-rays got one coming out, and I'm like, that fucking looks rad, but that's not what it is. <laughs> you know, it's like a cross. It, and it's funny because it came out around the same time that Kanye West's College Dropout came out. And remember on the College Dropout cover, it's just got that mascot teddy bear all sat in front of a college. Oh. So it kind of made me giggle. I just thought Kanye went on a rampage. He's and now looking back on it, well, you know. Cautionary tale. If you start seeing Kanye start pulling the fly, wings off flies, we're, we, we need to talk about Kanye. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm going to go with Tom Holland written The Beast Within, which isn't I've seen that, even though I've got the poster up in my basement. Right. Um, this one's a switcheroo. We had it last year, but at the same time, oh, yeah. it depends on the region. Lore of the campfire, telling of his horror. Watching Little Biscuit. Hope he doesn't unplug. <laughs> little poophead. <laughs> that one, again, we actually did a commentary for it over on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We legitimately love it. Uh, staying in Canada, humongous. Ooh, humongous. That's a great trailer. It's a wonderful trailer. Um, I don't, I'm not going to take... Uh, Slumber Party Massacre. I, also, we did a comment. That one's still on the main feed. Mm-hmm. We did a commentary track mm-hmm. for it. Uh, going to Australia with Next to Kin. Oh, man. That's not the Patrick Swayze one? Not the Bill Paxton one. <laughs> well, we're going to get creepy with Paul Shear and go cat people. 
I mean, Paul Schrader. <laughs> Although Paul Shears, cat people. It'd probably be just the same, just a little bit gooier. Um, <laughs> uh, I will actually put in a little note for uh, Murder by Phone. Yeah. Which is another one of those movies that showed up on the 80s horathon trailer trauma that I'm like, what the hell is this movie? Tenebrae. Oh, God damn Tenebrae. That also was on the bracket That was on the bracket initially. And it was rough. It was rough. Uh, any others on your Swamp Thing? God damn, Wes Craven. Wes, that's a, a forgotten Wes Craven mm-hmm. movie. And... And a comic book movie. Yeah, and one I used to watch on Channel 62 all, all the, the time. All the time, because it had the same dude from Darkman, professional character Ray Wise. and he turned into a pig. Oh, yes. That, oh, um, God damn, he was very classy. He was a Bond villain. Yeah. No, 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 not the Bond villain. No, the, uh, the, the bald guy. Yeah. The Bond villain turned into the monster at the end, mm-hmm. but Ray Wise is the swamp thing before uh, Alec Guinness. Or no, it is Alec Guinness. Shit. It's been a while since I've yeah. seen it. Needless to say. And eating Raul. <gasps> yes. Well, yes. Yes, Mary. We shall we shall dine well tonight. Perhaps a little bit of ethnic food, you know. <laughs> Go back to our chopping mall commentary. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, 1982 was a wealth of riches. Whew, thank you. Get me back on track here. But 10 years later, 10 years later in 1992, again. So many people will say there's no good horror in the 90s. Bullshit. Bullshit. There is some fantastic horror in the 90s. There are some all timers in the 90s. As we've seen throughout Into the Mouth of March Madness, these now the last three years at this point and our first matchup, I'm really excited for this one because this one, it feels like we're getting kind of classy in a way, in a way. But one thing without a doubt is we're getting bloody as what is our first bracket topic? Sentimental Sanguination, a.k.a. Love Blood, Love Blood, Love Blood, Love Blood. What you didn't see is Greg's tongue extended three more (laughs) inches. And the two films that are going to be competing under the title of Sentimental Sanguination, a.k.a. Love Blood, we've got Bram... No, no. Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> Going up against Bernard Rose's Candyman. <laughs> Tiny candy fight ads. Again, we actually did a commentary over on Patreon for Candyman because it's a film we legit love. Blah. And, oh, cannot wait to go back to Dracula. I only saw that recently within yeah. the last three or four years over at the Draft House for a Terror Tuesday. Mm. chef's kiss on that one mm-hmm. i just remember if i had to describe it in one word do you do you know what that one word might be horny yeah boy oh boy love and everything is going to be flowing on that matchup and again recently watched uh candy man as part of friday night frights it's very very fresh on the mind now the next matchup we're going to be looking at and this one i'm really excited for as we very rarely get to explore a lot of the kind of highfalutin filmmakers mm-hmm. out there. Granted, a few years ago, we got to talk Scorsese right. and Cape Fear. But uh, one, <laughs> because he's, he, when you have the title of the master of the erotic thriller <laughs> in your resume, I don't know if it, you can beat anything like that, but with, we get to talk Brian De Palma, mm-hmm. which I'm super excited for. 
But the uh, a lot of the times our bracket topics come from alliteration. Because we do love. love alliteration. We love alliteration on this show. <laughs> so that being said, the bracket topic is Devilish Doctors. And the two films we're going to be looking at, so diet pot, diet, just diatribally, very different. Yeah. You have the, the classy De Palma's uh, Raising Cane versus the wonderfully underseen gory slasher Dr. Giggles. Do we have to make an appointment for Dr. Giggles? Yeah, I think so. But, you know, fortunately, like, the, if you have good insurance, you're okay. Oh, uh, well, I'm in America then, then I'm pretty much we're screwed. Yeah. yeah. We're <laughs> fucked. Now, Dr. Giggles, as directed by one Manny Cotto, which one of the great all-time na- names out there, uh, this is actually going to be one of those that's going to be a first-time viewing for me. Good. Yes. Sweet. Because uh, Ra- uh, Raising Cain was one... That I watched back in the day via HBO. Mm-hmm. It was not not on as regularly as like Beastmaster or anything, but it made the rounds and especially like the commercials for it and the mini HBO trailers that they would put together for it. Well, Raising Cane's going to be a first time for me. Ah, and so again, I'm filling in the diploma gap. Yes, and that's again why we celebrate. And yeah. Why we also selected a couple of these films because we realized. Both were going to be first time, mm-hmm. first time viewings for the both of us. Because I've seen Doctor Giggles, and I'm excited for you to see Doctor Giggles. I'm excited for you to see Raising Cane. Sweet, Sean Lithgow. Come on now, right? And De Palma. And Progresso. Progresso. <laughs> Ask your grandparents about that reference. Now, our third matchup into the mouth of March Madness in the year of 1992 again finds us looking at. Um, in this case, we love us. Some zombies on yeah. the show. Now highfalutin directors. Very much. That's what's crazy. When looking at some of the journey, a lot of either the directors, writers, actors, whoever, mm-hmm. when they get their start in genre, some of them go on to bigger and better things. They raise, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. you, would you say they maybe uh, rise from the grave? Yep. We're looking at two zombie movies done by now Academy Award winning Arturs. We are looking at Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness versus Peter Jackson's Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead. Just how I like it. One of those two films, Genius, has made me gag on multiple times. (laughs) It's not going to be a surprise when you find out which one it is. But both are beloved, beloved zombie movies. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a hard one. Danny, again, to think of the, the trajectory that both of their careers have taken from where they started from, it's incredible. It's incredible. Well, that leads us to our final matchup in the round of ni- in the round uh, the first round of 1992. And again, sequels. Mm-hmm. Sequels, sequels, sequels. They're in the 80s, they're in the 90s, they're in the 2000s. But at this point in the 90s, we're kind of stretching some of them thin occasionally. But what's kind of cool is both of the ones we're looking at do something different. So the, t- uh, the 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 bracket topic is franchise freshener. freshener. Yes, again the alliteration. Yeah, it doesn't matter what comes, you know, fresh goes better in life. With sequels, this is full of life. And our first sequel that we're going to be looking at is Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth, directed, directed by Anthony Hickok. L- you know, love him on the show. Yeah, going up against Pet Cemetery two, as directed by Mary Lambert, and. Let's see here. We did Pet Cemetery 2 on the main feed last year, and I was, again, both kind of new to the film. But Have we done... We've done a commentary on Waxworks 2, haven't we? The first one. 
We're, we just saw Waxwork 2. I saw Waxwork 2 for the first time. Or was that a first time? No, no, that wasn't the first time. Okay. I thought, I remember us seeing it all together, but I don't remember if we were we recording We watched it something. here, but nope. Nope. Okay. And it was probably on one of those, because th- there's a great Blu-ray with Waxwork yeah. and Waxwork 2. With my cameo. But no, and Hellraiser <laughs> 3, yeah. And then Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, that's the one with the CD Cenobites, not... Uh-huh. C, not S-E-E-D-Y. Not, no, that's, no, that's 42nd Street Cenobite. Yes, they are. No, this is the CD one, the compact disc Cenobite. And going up against a film, again, that is definitely underseen and underrated, but is gaining momentum, Mary Lambert's Pet Cemetery 2. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that matchup. Absolutely. Well, that closes out to the year of, ni- of 1992, which takes us 10 years into the future, into 2002. But first, honorable mentions for 1992. What is wrong with me? I am just so anxious to get it's. You're making me nervous looking outside the window <laughs> like that. Oh, my God. I keep, I'm not Blair Witching it. I'm not sitting there in the corner like, ooh. <laughs> Again, let me flip my notes here. Well, speaking of Anthony Hickok, one of the ones is Waxwork 2. Speaking go. of Waxwork 2, that's an honorable mention because I like Travels Through Time. I like the Waxwork series. I wish it would have went on. I did like part two. Uh, a film that is very divisive, uh, Alien 3, progeny of an Into the Mouth of March Madness winner. Yes, yes. Which I know, I haven't watched it in a while, and I know David Fincher has kind of like basically just excommunicated himself from the film, but I think worthy of a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Highway to Hell with Lou Diamond Phillips and Lori Petty. And I enjoyed, no, no, Chrissy Swanson. Yeah. I enjoyed that movie. I, did Hickox direct that as well? Nah, I'm okay. not sure. Okay. But I know it also had Dweezil Zappa in it and uh, Clint Howard is in it. Don't fuck with me, man. I saw that uh, on VHS back in the day and every now and then it'll, it used to pop up on like late night on like sci-fi channel or some yeah. shit. And I got it and I was like, oh, this is still a good movie. I enjoy it. So hell yeah, Highway to Hell. Well, our uh, latest Friday Night Fright, Amityville, it's about time. Yeah. Definitely the, on the honorable mentions there. Uh, the, the weird intergalactic and sensuous cat vampire people from sleepwalkers we got to give mick garris some love to kill to use a corn on the cob as a weapon props and kudos that also i think just got a boutique blu-ray release of course it did of, of course, course it, it did, did. <laughs> uh dust devil in 92 Ooh, richard stanley mm-hmm. nice um basket case three that is the weirdest fucking movie yes, it is with the musical number and everything that is bizarre but it does have a very cool police siege Hey, we love us some police siege scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Oh, and on the opposite spectrum of that, your OG Buffy the Vampire Slayer. With Christy Swanson. She had a hell of a year in 1992. Yeah, she did. Uh, the Gate 2, which is an I've seen that. I think I've seen that. I think I have. I think Scream Factory actually put a Blu-ray ad on it. Wasn't the Gate 2 act supposed to be like a color out of space? I don't know. Of it. I don't know. I think I saw something on it. It's it's one that I'm eventually going to watch yeah. just because we love the gate. So I need to give it some love. Ooh, innocent blood. Classy. No, no. Not. Wait, is that what that's Landis's movie, right? That's the one. Yeah, it's about the sexy the vampire, vampire and the cop. It lo- it looks like it's classy, but it's not. It's got fucking Don Rickles in it. And it's all about like there's like gratuitous sex scenes and like cop shenanigans. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Well, I just watched a film from 1983 for the first time called Mortuary, which features the debut performance of one Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. Uh, From 1992, there's a movie called The Vagrant that I always remember featuring Bill Paxton, but I've never seen. I was in my heart of hearts. I was hoping like it started Carrie Busey. 
Busey makes everything better. Ooh, and of course the uh, Full Moon Classic Demonic Toys. <laughs> I enjoyed the Demonic Toys, and I was kind of cool to see them cross over with Dollman. With Dollman, yeah. Watch Dollman for the first time a few years ago. God, that movie rules. It's Tim Thomerson, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, it's it's he's thirteen inches with an attitude. Anything else on your honorable mentions? Uh, nope, that was it. All right, all right. Now, from the year of 1992 and the year of 2002, I'm not going to do it this next time, I promise you all. Uh, but I can say in the year of 2002, I saw a number of films in the theater, where, and I was going regardless if it was action, sci-fi, horror, I was seeing a lot. But looking and, you know, pulling from the stuff of 2002 is kind of tough in a lot of ways, but we still got some fantastic Examples of horror Mm -hmm. in that year. And going to our first matchup in the year of 2002, uh, recently I've been able to kind of explore uh, some of the Universal Monster movies for the first time, which are freaking... fucking rad, aren't they? Oh, they're so good. They're They're super rad. They're fun. They're brief. Like 65 minutes. They know the audience, but you can see the seeds of horror being planted for just so many, many years to come. Mm -hmm. So much to the point that in 2002... We get some fruits of those seeds, and our first bracket topic is Universal Plus, as both of our films feature Universal Monsters. Mm-hmm. So we have, going up first, uh, Don Coscarelli's Bubba Hotep, going up against Neil Marshall's Dog Soldiers. Good old mummy versus werewolf action. I'm... Tomb of the Mummy, or House, house, house of, of the Mummy. House of Marshall. <laughs> Uh, both of, so I recently watched Dog Soldiers for the first time within the last few years, so it's going to be a pretty nice rewatch for me. But Bubba Hotep, I was lucky enough to see in the theater back in the day. Really? Yeah. So this is a tough one for me because it's Coscarelli, mm-hmm. and, you know, and this one is definitely Coscarelli. This is very Coscarelli. <laughs> but which one is more universal? Well, that's where the discussion will lead us, and the discussion is going to lead us to our second matchup here, and. Here in the 2000s, don't do it. I know I was going to try to do it myself. There were a lot of remakes and a lot of J-horror. And by J-horror, we're talking about horror that came from Japan. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was the flavor. That was the flavor. It was the style of the times. It was yes. the onion on the belt. Yes. And, my goodness, we got some amazing films from Japan. But we also got some really good remakes as well. Mm-hmm. And that's actually... Our next bracket topic is going to be homicidal hauntings, as if stuff is coming from Japan, it's, at least I should say, if it's Japan-based in the aughts, it's going to deal with ghosts. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So we've got... Hasu. Uh, 2000. Oh, goddamn Hasu's. <laughs> we have a remake of one that came out a few years ago. We've got Gore Verbinski's The Ring mm-hmm. going up against one that we actually saw... Again, this just, is the remake of the original one that in was Japan. in Japan. That was on March Madness two years ago. So, uh, Juwan the Grudge by Takashi Shimizu. And that is going to be a first time watch for me. Uh-huh. Juwan the Grudge. Uh, the Ring is going to be one I'm, I have not watched that in ages. Yeah. I haven't seen The Ring in a long time. I remember seeing that in the theater and i remember seeing oh well, and of course the original uh, june on the grudge i got on dvd when it came out 
back had a backwards engineer on that one. Did you? Yeah. That's actually kind of good, but there's there's no wrong way to do it. Right. As we have found out. I can't wait to talk about kitty cat kids. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Now, our next matchup in the year of 2002, what was really good is this could have technically, any one of these two films could have competed in Universal Plus. Mm-hmm. So we decided to give them their own little topic here. And we've got, uh, it's basically vampire, vampire versus vampire. Nice and basic. We were trying to figure out like ways to make it work again with the alliteration. Right. But when it comes down to it, these two movies are about vampires versus vampires. We have Guillermo del Toro's The Blade 2. <laughs> Tony Giles shout out there. Going up against, and, th- oh, and this is going to be a first time viewing for me, so I'm pretty excited with this one. But Michael Reimer's Queen of the Damned. It's going to be a first time for me, too. Aha! But I know about Aaliyah. I know that it's a yeah. lot of people's gateway in, in entry into horror, a lot of That's, people's favorite horror movie. It's Anne Rice. It's Anne Rice, who un- sadly passed away here last year. And no, it's I'm. about vampires, about the stat. And I also watched Interview with a Vampire for the first time. That's a sexy movie. It's also horny. You know, oosh. Any movie with Antonio Banderas is going to bring the heat. <laughs> he actually showed up. Uh, he's in Uncharted that we recently is came he? out. Still looks amazing. Like I think, I think he is a vampire. Modern Uish. Oh, yeah. Well, and then going from. Blauish. Blueish. Blauish. Blueish. Well, going from vampires to another monster that. Is, would they be considered universal? Have they ever been associated with anything universal? No, but they're old school. They are old school, old indeed. School monsters. We go and back again, to the classics. So we go back to the classics and see what they can do. Go back to 1992 where we but were talking some one, zombie films. One, uh, re, um, something new, a whole modern retake of zombie films, and another one, a uh, adaptation of a movie based on old school zombie films or yes. a game. Based on old school zombie films. Which works. And our topic is going viral. Mm-hmm. As both of our films deal with zombies? Deal with virus. viruses. Do viruses. Because we'll talk about it on the show, but I got strong opinions about zombies. And the Z word in these situations. And we, if anything, we love it when you get passionate. So we're going to be talking Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later. And Paul W. Anderson's motherfucking Resident Evil. Don't confuse him with Paul Thomas Anderson. (laughs) There will be blood. (laughs) Undead boogie nights. Boogie frights. I'd watch it. Me too. (laughs) Dirk Diggler. Oh, no. You know. The only thing is that if it was boogie frights, that instead of shooting him in the head to kill. Okay, let's move on. It's Resident Evil versus 28 Days. Well, needless later. to say, at least we know Dong is dong, hung. Dong is hung in one in of this, these movies. Yes. yes. <laughs> we'll let you guess which one the Dong is hung at. Uh, sorry, goddamn, what's wrong with that? Hitting the gong dong. Bong. Bong or dong. dong. That's the is. gong dong. There it is. So. Uh, Eight films that we're giving, we're going to give a lot of love to in the year of 2002, but obviously some didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and give them some honorable mentions and some love. Yes. What do you got first on your list there, genius? Eli Roth's Cabin Fever. The birth of something gory, something gooey. Um, 
torture porn, not quite. I don't know why it gets lumped in that because it's no. more. It could be going than the going viral thing too. That but really good, yeah. It's it's ooey and gooey. It made me squirm in the movie theater, and it made me squirm still. The sound design on that, plus pancakes. Oh yeah, pancakes, pancakes, pancakes. Well, I'm gonna go give a little monster love here and go with one I remember seeing in the theater, and I remember the build up to it. Eight-legged freaks. I fucking love eight-legged freaks. Was that not in the bracket originally? And yes, we're trying it was. to pair it with something. Yeah, but we yeah. couldn't figure out what we could pair it with to make it work correctly. Yeah, because there's not a lot of creature feature films. Very few at that time. Again, a lot of stuff was focused on ghostly, ghastly stuff or remakes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Um, <laughs> one of the best openings in all of horror: Ghost Ship. And that's and I've seen that, and that's what I would mention in reference because that's what everyone knows with it. Mm-hmm. Does it go? Does it hold up beyond the opening? It turns into your basic like haunted house affair. That's fair, but at the same time, that opening scene stuck with you. That's a that's a Final Destination two opening scene. Yeah, it is. You never forget that if you see it. And I saw it in the theater because I'm like, fuck yeah, it's 2002. Yeah, it's a ghost house production, and I'm down with them. Yeah. So yeah, I remember going, God damn! I remember laughing too. <laughs> was that the birth of it? No, it wasn't the oh, birth no, of it. Yeah, I've been that was inappropriate laughter since I was young. But I remember going, <laughs> right, and then just because you could hear a pin drop. So. Yeah, stay on after, brand. But then after that, I was like, all right, cool. But nothing's, see, that's the bad thing. Nothing's going to top that. When you have an awesome intro like that, mm-hmm. you better fucking bring the goods. And if you don't, you're only going to be remembered for that. And I think that's what happened with Ghost Ship. But it's got Juliana Margulies. I was going to say, I yeah. love Juliana Margulies. Anytime we get an extension of VR, right? I'm all for that. I used to watch that Juliana Margulies court show when she was the judge. Was it Judge and Amy or some shit like that? Anyway, uh, an episode we did an actual uh, a movie we did an actual episode on in the main feed. Giving it get a little bit of love, but I'm gonna give some love here. Halloween Resurrection. Mm. Yes. Um, I enjoyed the remake of Carrie. I had issues with it, but at the same time, I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought the carnage scene was fantastic mm-hmm. it's what i wanted in the carnage scene and i got it so i gotta get plus i enjoy chloe great smorets i enjoy her overall she's she's a fine actress no so, absolutely yeah. absolutely uh one i actually did see in the theater dark water really yes but Connolly or the japanese version oh wait no that would have been this is, i think is the japanese version so no i saw the Connolly version curses I, I haven't seen that one I actually, I remember liking it. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the last time I saw it. Well, speaking of seeing in the theater, one of your first times coming up is May. Lucky yes, me. Yes, yes. And, again, hopefully we're going to have that kind of remorse where it's like, yeah, that should have been on the. Well, I guarantee someone's yelling at us right now for not you having You didn't that. have that on there. Right. Yeah. And they're not wrong. They're no, not wrong. They're not. They're not. Uh, anything else on your honorable mentions? Yes. Last one. Um, Dookie Flyswatter's Deathbed. The Bed That Eats. Which at this point is that had to have gained momentum. Was it uh, Patton Oswalt that did a bit on that? I'm, I'm sure he did. But yeah. Dookie Flyswatter. Dookie Flyswatter. Did the voice of. Always voice of the imp and sorority babies and slime ball bolorama. There we go. There we go. Well, we're now going from the year of 2002 into films that are celebrating their 10 year anniversary. And this is, I think, where truly you've earned the title of just a, a movie that is worthy of talking about that's going to continue to hopefully find an audience in traction 
Uh, but the year of 2012, oh goodness gracious me, what do we got here? Because <laughs> this one, some years, I'm not going to lie, are a little bit better than others when it comes to a selection. This one, there was actually quite a few. And it was really getting problematic in terms of what to finalize down here. So again, our apologies if your main ones aren't picked. But if you know the show, you know we love us some anthologies. Oh, absolutely. Anthologies are my jam. That is your jam there. And our first bracket topic in the year of 2012 is abstract anthologies. And it's interesting as with both of these, there's no really there's no real one director. Mm-mm. As they're definitely a hodgepodge. As all of the bits are directed by different people. Yep. So we have going up first uh, VHS going up against the ABCs of death. <laughs> this is this one's gonna get weird. It is gonna get weird because I remember the ABCs of death and I remember certain letters on the alphabet getting weird. Very weird. Plus Mount Baldy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Plus Mount Baldy. But, 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 well, it's always weird with Mount Mount Baldy. Right. No. Plus, like I remember, I have issues with found footage. So that's going to play in the factor. Plus, like, I rem- so it's going to get weird, but it's going to be I, enjoyable. Well, and I think the conversation will be interesting. Absolutely. You know, if anything. And that's going to lead us to our second matchup. And I'm excited for this one because actually f- I've got four first time watches come up for me here in the year 2012. Oh, yeah? That's yes. awesome. I yes. got two. You got, see, that's good, though. Again, we're, again, we're expanding our palette here. Mm-hmm. But our second matchup we're looking at, and again, if you know the show, and especially if you've been to anything that we host, we always say we're fond of dead media because uh-huh. we usually give away a lot of VHSs, what, especially from our own personal libraries, mm-hmm. or in this case, really a lot of yours at this point there, genius. <laughs> but there's a love of that. Therefore, our love kind of brought this bracket top together, and it's literally... Dead media. And we've got two films that may or may not feature some sort of dead media, or we like to interpret it. But we're going to be looking at Scott Derrickson's Sinister, going up against Paranormal Activity 4, co-directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman. Mm-hmm. Again, both are going to be first-time viewings, but what's weird, I've seen... You've fi- seen Sinister 2. And I've seen bits of, para- of several of the Paranormal Activity films. And I have seen Sinister. I saw Sinister in the theater, and we'll talk about Bagul later. But um, I have not seen Paranormal Activity 4. And now it's going to be because of March Madness. I'm going to have seen three out of the five now. And <laughs> and what's why do we keep bringing them? Because, again, it comes down to the goddamn bracket toppings. And, oh, dead media. That's good. Hey, right. we can drag hey, that in there. That in the, yeah. So, again, it's the bracket topping. Someone in the 2012 honorable mentions going, you guys suck. Like this <laughs> right? this, this tournament you guys. is ridiculous. It's stupid. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But both are going to be first-time watches for me, so I'm anxious to delve into both of those. But then, in the month of March, they actually did push uh, Women in Horror Month from February into March. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, our next bracket topic and matchup, uh, we've designated to Women in Horror. And and we, again, went all over (laughs) in terms of finding an appropriate bracket topic. But in the end, we went simply, lovely... And lethal. Mm-hmm. And we've got the Soska Sisters, American Mary, going up against Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. Which is going to be a first time for me. Lords of Salem? Yes. and Because I don't have the best. I appreciate Rob Zombie mm-hmm. more than I enjoy his movies. Mm-hmm. But I am I'm an appreciate. I'm not a hater. I'm an appreciator. 
And I would say this is probably one of his strongest films. I, I mean, I'm down. I mean, it looks cool. Plus, it's got a whole bunch of people I like in it. And absolutely, and obviously, in American Mary, uh, we've got the great Catherine Isabel, just again one of our all-time favorites. And in Lords of Salem, we have um, Sherry Moon Zombie, which, as when we're recording this, ah, Sherry Moon Zombie, okay. But we can separate art from the artists, especially. For the purpose of Into the Mouth of March Madness. Absolutely. And also, again, a first time viewing, and I'll probably, I think it's going to be worth your while. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be worth your while. Well, we are then closing out the year of 2012 with, for me, is going to be two first time watches. And I'm excited, and I'm excited. And, and this is going to be an interesting thing because we're going to have a lot of people like, oh, you can't put, you have, what about this one? This one's a gory movie, and this one's a great horror movie. Why are you showing these cartoons? Well, because if you know the show, we have been talking from the get-go mm-hmm. about doing a, an episode to gateway yes. board, how to get the kids in the gateway yes. and and and, some, and now with the animations and some of the things that we're getting um it's not just for kids anymore they're mm-hmm. proper good horror stories and the and we took a couple of films off so we could enter this and i thought it was perfect because both are going to be first time watches for mm-hmm. me so we're going to be uh the the <laughs> this one again came from the fact that they're going to be first time watches for me gateway horror but then the bracket topic you were very pleased with what are we what are we phrasing this one as boo tang it's for the children <laughs> so we've got two films for the children <laughs> we've got tim burton's frankenweenie mm-hmm Going up against a film that is uh, Paranorman, co-directed by Chris Butler and Sam Fell. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for you to see these. I saw both these movies in the theater, and I'm looking forward to what you think of them. Because no. question was movies. Shorty with you at the time? Yes. Okay. Okay. She was super young, but at the same time, it was like eh, roundabout. I kind of want to see it. You know, I'm like, it looks cool. The Frankenweenie and Paranormal. And it's one's about old school Universal monsters. The other one is about modern day horror, or almost like Italian Fulci films. So, well, film family member Stuart Wilson, he loves those movies, and he is kind of, and he's he has mentioned to us several times, like he got his kids into horror based on those. So I am looking forward to that. Plus, also, I watched Monster House. I'm telling you, it's rad, isn't it? Was it was amazing. It was so much fun. I really think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with both Frank and Weenie and uh, Paranorman. And so I'm really looking forward to this topic especially. When we get into it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. Now, obviously, we left quite a few off the list here in 2012. So let's go ahead and get a little love. I'm going to give some love to The Battery, which eventually I'm going to have you watch. Because I know mm-hmm. that's and I've seen that for you. Uh, but that one has stayed with me. Very indie. Very do-it-yourself zombie movie. But effective. Yeah. Uh, Killer Shark movie, Bait, where they're stuck in the grocery store. I love Killer Shark movies. That's what is that going to end up on when? No, uh, did we? I'm just waiting for a week to talk about the Megalodon. A March Madness, Megalodon Madness. I think that's going to make its way in there. Uh, (laughs) Staying kind of found footage, or at least within water, um, The Bay. The Bay is slick. I don't like found footage movies, but I enjoyed The Bay. That one worked for you? Yeah, those killer trilobites, I thought those were slick. Absolutely. Uh, bloody, bloody Bible camp. That's a slaughterhouse like regular Slaughter right? movie house fave. Yeah. yeah, that movie is that movie is brutal and funny. Uh, a movie it's we what you recently think it is, like pieces. Yeah, well, a re- movie we recently talked on the main feed. Uh, Stitches. Stitches is great. I really liked Stitches. Grabbers is another good one. That was going to be one of our bra- uh, bracket topics. Yes, it was. Uh, across the pond, and it was going to have Stitches and Grabbers. One that definitely wouldn't have been on the the bracket, but one I think is actually getting kind of a critical reevaluation, which curious to see what you say. Uh, Prometheus? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he got the thumbs up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's get back to Coscarellian and let's get John dies at the end. I've only seen it one time. The movie's weird. I remember it being the movie very is weird. Weird. Which means I need to revisit it. But one that is um that was actually in the bracket, was a bracket topic, uh, made its way to honorable mentions, uh, and one we talked about on the main feed, actually everyone involved, uh, the Maniac remake. Oh yeah, it was, it was up until recently it was on the <laughs> it was on the top. You have you you have the kitty movies to thank for this, ladies and gentlemen, which <laughs> I'm actually okay with. Me too. I really enjoyed the Maniac. Plus like Elijah, what's fucking weird? <laughs> um, Piranha 3DD is not as good sequel to the first one, the director, well, the first remake directed mm-hmm. by Alexander Aja, but it was fun. It was went back to the roots of being like s- stupid 80s teens, like TNA being slashed, old school slasher monster creature feature. I enjoyed it. Well, that um, sounds like it's right up your alley. The remake of Silent Night. We when did we do that for Christmas three years with the ago? Nerds? Yeah, that was a first time viewing for me at that point. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's not it's bad. Mean. I actually give a little love to Wreck Three Genesis. I like the Wreck series. Wreck Three Genesis was cool. Yeah, no, and that's one actually should probably should have made its way in there potentially as well. Mm-hmm. One that you mentioned that I it's and I've seen that for me, but Women Woman in Black. Yeah, with Daniel Radcliffe. Both yeah. those movies, the first one and the sequel, they're pretty slick. I enjoy that. It's like. Old school hammer horror. Yeah. It was, and I think it kind of got lumped in. I think The Woman in Black was the movie people were expecting when they went to see Crimson Peak. That makes sense. <laughs> I get that reference. You know you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, Cockneys versus Zombies. That is a funny one. You have hooligans versus zombies. What's not to love? The movie is hilarious, especially there's a chase. There's a chase scene in Cockneys versus zombies where the zombies are um, putting siege in an old folks home. Right. But all the old folks home are all former hooligans. But there's a scene where like there's like three zombies chasing after this old man. This old man's in a walker, but he's going at the same pace that the zombies are going. And so he's there. Like, zombies like because they're shambling. He's like Ugh. shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Uh, uh, shuffle 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 it's hilarious plus it's, you might need to turn on subtitles for cockneys versus zombies but at the same time it's still pretty good i had to do that for my first viewing first view viewing, the little first few viewings of attack the block yeah that's okay, though. That's good. That's good. That totally works. Well, 2012, obviously a wealth of riches, but man, I mean, what are some of the snubs that you all didn't hear? Because I know there are some honorable mentions we obviously didn't touch upon, but I'm super excited to go fully into the mouth of March Madness mm-hmm. this year. And we have a number of first-time guests. Um, we've got some returning Just favorites. Some returning favorites. And I'll say we're primarily staying pretty local yeah. this year. Uh, just for a number of reasons, partially for to make sure we don't go too terribly mad, because <laughs> we got a lot of stuff coming for you up here. In fact, the next episode is going to be released on this Monday, uh-huh. and we're going all the way back to 1982 into that first round to get into all of those classics. So, any predictions uh, at this point, genius? I think there's going to be some upsets. Yeah, I think there's going to be some upsets, and I think there's going to be a lot of like, oh, of course, obviously, you know. But at the same time, we're definitely going to show our work. Oh, absolutely. But I, my money, well, <laughs> I, if I was in my heart, I'm going to say Q goes all the way. But I know that's not going to happen. You should go all the way in your bracket, my friend. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. But anyway, we're going to show our work and it's going to be fun. Yeah. But I have a feeling like 
either way, either way we're going to go, people are going to be like, ah, rah, 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 rah. my prediction. I'm uh, I'm going to quote one Clubber Lane. My prediction, pain. <laughs> Because as you said, <laughs> someone out there is going to be upset. And that's kind of the beauty of what we do here. So please send in your brackets, show your work. We've got a month, month full of madness here. So until next Monday, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Yeah.